Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo. Uh, so the Warriors, they lost a a brutal, brutal last second game to the Utah Jazz in Utah in a game where they didn't have Steph, Draymond, or Andrew Wiggins. And uh, they lost it 124-123 in a game that they really, 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 really should have won. They had this thing locked up at the end. The guys just didn't execute. You know, like Clay got stripped, Pool got stripped, missed free throw, blah, 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 with like, what, 12, 13 seconds left and a four-point lead. You should win that game. You should win that game, especially with the free throw shooters that you have on that team. And what can you do? It's like the story of the season, you know, some some positives, but then ultimately like, uh, you know, just not not pulling out the win. And, uh, you know, the Warriors are back at 500 and here we are. And uh, it it is what it is. Uh, but for this episode, I'm going to uh, front load this with positives instead of looking at what this loss means for the Warriors and then looking forward. The major, major positive of this game is Jonathan Kaminga. Okay. He he was just all over the place on both ends of the court in this one. His line, 30 minutes, 10 for 13 from the field, one for three from three, three for five from the line, five boards, four assists, one steal, one block, only two fouls, one turnover, plus eight, 24 points. That's a perfect game from him. You know, in that Dallas game, was like a a week or so ago, two weeks ago, I forgot. But I had said that he arrived. They lost that game in Dallas, but I was like, I don't care because the signs were looking good and Jonathan Kaminga had a breakout game. Now, just to back it up on like his arc for the season, right? He got minutes off the bench in the first game and then he got minutes off the bench in the second game and then Moody replaced him and he rode the bench until... Uh, the last game of that 0-5 road trip, uh, he he had some spot minutes here and there, but like that's when he got some run. And, you know, it was up and down. But then slowly but surely, he has built up what he needs to do uh, for this team. And I said in that Dallas game, you know, he had arrived because something clicked for him, you know. And this is like the next step. I had said there's going to be down games where he doesn't really do too much. And he doesn't have a huge impact. And we've seen that. But then these flashes are becoming more and more obvious and consistent. And you can see in this game, again, he had a bigger role because, uh, you know, three main dudes were out. But in this one, he was doing the little things, like the things that the team had needed him to do. And then a little bit more, you know, a little bit more like showing uh, that he could score, showing he could take people to the basket. And to back it up even further, right, like in the summertime, we had seen Kaminga, you know, handle the ball more, right? Summer league, you try stuff out. All throughout the summer, you just try to add to your game and kind of doing point forward stuff. And then it really wasn't working. His handle wasn't tight enough. His decisions weren't that great. Sometimes trying to take guys off the dribble, uh, his shake and bake and his handle would prevent him from really, really getting to his spots. Uh, but this season, since that Dallas game and since things have clicked, he is doing 
you know, he's holding the ball less, right? He's doing some of the stuff that he did last year and then building a little bit more and more on top of that. Maybe it's because, you know, the, the, the coaching staff thought he could do more from the start, but like a lot of the younger dudes, uh, that was an overestimation. And so you pull them back, get them to do the basics, accept their role, accept the little things, setting screens, rebounding, playing tough defense, all that stuff, switching, knowing your assignments, all that. And then when you get an opportunity, take a couple threes, <laughs> you know, take your guy uh, off the dribble, you know, take some dude in the post, whatever, like drive the lane, whatever, you know, and we're seeing him add more and more onto his game. And the, his athleticism has never been questioned, right? All last season, everybody was saying uh, he was the best dunker on the team. And that was a team with JTA and Gary Payton the second and Andrew Wiggins. So this is a big deal. It's hard to really, really like this is different from that Dallas game, right? Because that Dallas game was like, oh, it was a good game. But this one was the one uh, the Warriors needed and uh, should have had, but obviously it didn't didn't go that way. But I mean, when you look at the lottery picks and I've said this a couple episodes ago, it's like, you know, you play the lottery <laughs> in real life, the more times you play, the better chance you have winning. And so they had three shots. And I'm not saying that Moody and Wiseman Although some people out there think Moody and Wiseman uh, should be uh, written off. Kaminga is the one that, again, after the draft in 2021, uh, me and my buddy Aaron in Toronto, uh, who's on the show a bunch, we talked about how Kaminga, even before the first preseason, his first preseason, we're like, he's going to be the Warriors' best player in four years, right? And may or, may or may not be true, but you see the reasons why. If you watched him in the G League, on the G League Ignite, you saw what he can bring. He, his athleticism is really, really unique. And it's really important on this team when you have a lot of dudes who are older and just a lot of dudes who aren't pop off the screen athletic. Kamenga is one of the quickest, fastest jumpers I've ever seen. You know, Wiggins is super athletic but as someone had mentioned in the youtube comments he has a kind of grace to him kaminga though he just like rises he just levitates just like quickly up and boom dunk so that is something that uh you know i'm i'm glad to see uh it's a tougher spot right now to take that kind of like well he had a good game and you just kind of take the loss because the schedule gets tougher as i've talked about before but again i'll get to that Another thing is whatever that weird uh, interaction with uh, Jordan Clarkson, I, I don't get that. I haven't read any reporting on it, but um, seeing it, it was like, okay, uh, Kamenga blocked him. Uh, Clarkson fouled him hard, got him in the face, smacked him in the face. Kamenga turned around, took offense to that. Clarkson seemed to try to uh, uh, quash the whole thing. And then at a certain point, uh, he, he he turtled up, he knuckled up, and he looked like he wanted to uh, come after Kamenga. But the uh, funny thing was that you see the reverse angle of this whole thing uh, from the sideline, and for, <laughs> you see Kamenga laughing, which is always kind of funny, uh, laughing at Jordan Clarkson. But then also Jordan Clarkson, it was one of those classic things where like he's, he's knuckling up and you know, it's like, hold me back, but no one's holding him back. His teammates are all kind of away from him. And so he's like 
knuckling up, but not doing anything. And then a ref, you know, <laughs> this middle-aged ref dude is kind of like maybe holding him, like not even holding him, but just putting his arm out. And, uh, you know, eventually people start separating and, uh, it was, it was a strange thing to see, but, um, you know, good for Kaminga. That guy is competitive and he's cocky and you love to see it on on your team. You just love to see that competitiveness. And also, if you go back and watch that replay, watch that a few times, uh, again, all the, you know, trade Moses Moody maybe for people, all that chat or whatever. I like Moses Moody because especially more now, because if you go back and watch that, he's like, you know, observing situation kind of pushes like uh, Malik Beasley aside a little bit, but then he's eyeing uh, one of the jazz players and Jordan Clarkson as they're walking down the sideline and it's kind of dispersing. And he sees uh, one of the jazz players like pick up speed. Uh, It turns out the jazz player was just running to Clarkson to maybe calm him down or something. But then Moody, he, he sees that from the uh, crowd of people and he, you know, he kind of like sprints, he like ducks under somebody and then sprints over just to be there in case. So he had Kaminga's back. He loved to see it. Like he was there to cut him off or, uh, you know, block that situation. If uh, one of the jazz players uh, started coming back at Kaminga. So, you know, regardless of whether or not Moses Moody has uh, slow-ish foot speed or if he can't crack the rotation or if his uh, he's not contributing as much as we had thought, or his team defense isn't as good as we'd hoped it would be at this point. I respect the hell out of him for just being that dude and having an eye on that and having his uh, teammates back. So uh, uh, props to that. It was a fun game to watch. I, I love the fact that the Warriors came back. It's just that, you know, they, they couldn't close it out. There were so many points the Warriors left on the court. Uh, I don't want to harp on Clay Thompson, but like the whole first quarter felt like a uh, a flashback to uh, all those clay ups from <laughs> early in his career when he would just clank layups all the time. And uh, he ended up eight for 25 in 36 minutes. Uh, four for 11 from three, but, uh, you know, had some mistakes definitely along the way. And it is what it is. It was weird. It was really weird to see Clay out there with all these, you know, new ish dudes from the past couple of years without Steph and without Draymond, right? Because we've been so used to seeing Steph out there uh, or Draymond out there or both of them out there and definitely Wiggins out there. But, no clay. And then seeing clay out there with, you know, Looney and then a bunch of uh, younger guys and, you know, free agents. It's uh, it was, it was kind of a trip. Uh, I wish clay could have hit a couple more shots. Cause I would have given them more of a, a cushion in this one, but uh, you know, it is what it is. I'm sure clay knows all the mistakes. He would love to have all those layups back. He would love to have that, you know, final minute uh, strip ball back. Uh, but um, like I said, it is what it is. They're 13 and 13. And right now they are in 10th place in the West. They are tied with the Timberwolves who uh, are currently in 11. And they're four back behind the surprising New Orleans Pelicans who are in first place because the Suns got whooped again uh, two nights or two games in a row. and. 
it's worth mentioning at this point, right? Because I've, I've been talking about the standings for a while and just how tight they are. But I've talked about the game in five game chunks. But right now, I'm actually going to look at like what the Warriors have left in this five game chunk, right? It's the Celtics who are playing really well. And the Warriors are not going to have Wiggins on Saturday. Primetime game at home against the Celtics. And then they go to Milwaukee, they go to Indiana, and then they go to Philly. So this was the first game, this jazz game of this next five game chunk and they're own one. Those are four tough teams, tough games. Three of those teams were Eastern conference favorites. And then Indiana is a surprise team that obviously beat the warriors just a few days ago. So that's going to be really, really rough. And then after that, they're still on the road. They go to Toronto, they go to the Knicks, they go to the Nets then we're on Christmas and they play the Grizzlies at home. So this stretch is going to be rough, <laughs> really, really rough. So, you know, as tough as the beginning of the season was, prepare yourself, like literally prepare yourself for it to get even rougher because these are actually good teams that they're playing against. And, you know, we had hoped that when the Warriors started winning a few and that they started looking, quote unquote, more like themselves, that they would squirrel some wins away and start gaining some momentum. But it was still a little up and down, especially recently. And now with some guys who are a little bit banged up, I mean, we've talked about how this team, they were really, really lucky with health. The only major injury they had was, I mean, not even major, only injury they had was Dante DiVincenzo being out for the first couple of weeks. And now Wiggins is out for a while, or at least this is going to be his third game against the Celtics uh, that he's going to be out three games in a row. And then Steph with his bum ankle a little bit. And then uh, I actually don't know what Draymond's uh, issue was. Maybe they just sat him. Not exactly sure, but it's going to be tough. If we look at that run, so Celtics, Bucks, Pacers, uh, Sixers, Raptors, Knicks, Nets, uh, Grizzlies. That's eight games. That's eight games, right? And I do not <laughs> – there's a really, really good chance they can come out of that like, I don't know, <laughs> two and six, one and seven. It all really depends. A lot of those games are on the road, and it'll be it'll be tough. It's really a question of the health and how these guys come out and play. There's some positive signs, right? Like I said, Kamingo looks good. Dante DiVincenzo, I've talked over the past few weeks about how surprisingly good of a rebounder he is for his sides and his position. He had nine boards against the Jazz. So that's a positive. So Michael Green, he's been like, he's shown some flashes, but again, he's definitely shown where he doesn't fit as well so much. So that's an issue. But it's, uh, I'll maintain optimism, but... Right now, the Warriors, they're they're not there yet. And it's tough that they haven't gotten to where they need to be because this stretch is where you, when you looked at the schedule, it was like, okay, this is the gauntlet, that, the first gauntlet that they kind of have to run. And uh, it feels like they could use <laughs> another couple of weeks to, to shore themselves up before they run into it. But, you know, you you do it and then you... You see what happens. If they go 0-8 in that stretch, if they go 1-7, and 2-6, and 6, that's going to be bad. 
So prepare yourselves for something bad. I'm not saying it's going to happen. Hey, they might come out of this like, you know, six and two and put the league on notice. But uh, it's something just to be very, very much aware of, uh, especially the way the Warriors roster is looking right now. The NBA season is heating up and there are still so many unknowns. Like, will James Wiseman actually be on this Warriors team by the end of the season? I hope so. When I'm looking to get in on the action, I bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, total rebounds, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. The app is super easy to use. Just pop it open, do what you got to do, and you're good to go. Download the app now. Sign up with code TBPN. Place a $5 pregame Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code TBPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. James Wiseman's back. Also, <laughs> I know that'll make a lot of you happy. Uh, it'll make a lot of you mad too. Uh, but he got five minutes and he looked fine. He looked fine out there. You know, he looked like he was trying to do the things that he had learned in the G League for the Santa Cruz Warriors. He was setting better screens. He was fighting for rebounds. He was trying to get positioning. And, um, you know, I look forward to seeing more from him in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Hopefully he sticks around. But, uh, you know, um, I think it's a, a promising thing. And obviously, I want to see the kid succeed. I know a lot of people just want to move him. But, hey, you better hope that he stays on the big league club because if you really want, if you're one of those people that really wants to trade him, then you better hope that he stays on the big league club and increases his trade value. Me personally, I want him to stay on the big league club and contribute and prove to people why he should stick around, but we'll see how that all plays out. You know, that's what I personally would want. I would want him to be a good player because as I've said to many folks, it's like, we need James Wiseman to grow into the best version of his 2022, 2023 self. We don't need him to be 2026 or 2027 James Wiseman. It'd be nice, but we need him to be a solid backup center who doesn't mess up, who plays solid defense, is a rim protector, can rebound and moves the ball, doesn't hold it. And one more thing, I will say this about Jonathan Kaminga, right? Because uh, the tendency he had earlier to hold the ball and to maybe try to create or make something happen. It seems like he's very much learned just to move it because watch the next game, watch him next time. (laughs) His first touch in an offensive set, like a set offense, uh, he will move the ball. He won't even look at the basket. He'll catch it and he'll move it, you know? And that may not seem like a lot, but earlier in the season, especially preseason and then, you know, even summer league, right? Like he would get the ball and he's like, I'm going to do something. I'm going to try these moves out. And again, like I said earlier, those are things that you have to like, okay, pull back on that. Do what you did so well last year, which is be in the dunker spot, cut to the basket, uh, slip screens, all those things, and then pick and choose your spots. So 
just watch that next time. He'll he'll catch the ball and then he'll just move it, right? Whereas earlier he would catch it, maybe chuck up a three. <laughs> he doesn't do that now. He'll save his threes until maybe later in the game after he's made a good few plays so that he's bought himself some time not to get pulled from the game. But anyway, tough, tough loss, man. That was that was rough. It was really, really entertaining. Uh, some great moments in this one. And I could smile because I'm a huge Kaminga fan and you just love to see him make this kind of progress. If we get one of these eye-popping games from him every week and a half and then it becomes even more often than that, then that is true progress. He's becoming the guy that we had hoped he could become, you know? And you can see his mind is working a lot faster in the game. I've said before, after the Dallas game, the game seems to have slowed down for him and uh, he's not worrying about making mistakes. He is trying to make the right play, trying to make the right decision. He's trying to do the things to help the team win bottom line. You know, and he's playing within that, playing within the system, you know, and just like Clay needed to remember to let the game come to him, Kaminga's learning that. And I think that's great also because that seems to be based on the eye test and from reporting, that seems to be an issue with Moses Moody and also James Wiseman. They have other issues individually for sure, but like, doing and accepting like you need to do these basic things first to help the team win and then you know try the other stuff because if you don't have that foundation then you're not going to be playable you're going to make too many mistakes and you're going to waste possessions and those are things that a team that is a contender with veterans with a coach like Steve Kerr just can't accept you know, especially when they are currently at 500, you know? So anyway, a couple days off and then the Celtics primetime uh, on Saturday. That is going to be a really, really interesting one. I, I like the fact that Kerr, you know, sat Wiggins, Curry, and Draymond because, you know, Sure, they're like injured to different degrees and Wiggins is going to miss the Boston game. But like, hey, this is one of those one game road trips. So let those dudes stay back in the Bay, heal up, do what they need to do and get them a couple days off and then uh, roll them out there, except for Wiggins, of course, on on Saturday. So uh, it's good. this is going to be a tough one to marinate on because I'm going to watch those replays and be like, oh, man. <laughs> the Warriors had five guards on the court for the clay strip possession and the final pool possession where he got stripped. And uh, it's like, you know, they had the perfect lineup out there, you know, ball control, <laughs> good hands, good free throw shooting. And they couldn't, they couldn't pull that one. Uh, they couldn't pull that one off. But anyway, that's all I got. <laughs> That is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick E. Pino or at Oakland Warriors. Check out our YouTube channel where you can watch this episode, youtube.com slash Oakland Warriors. Check us out at oaklandwarriors.com and be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society and is a part of the Basketball 
Podcast Network. And if you're so inclined, please do leave us a five-star rating on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And if you want to leave us a nice review saying good stuff about the show on Apple Podcasts, that would be hugely, hugely appreciated and it would be very, very helpful. Thanks. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time.